0: Hilton Head Island Community Church, don't you love where you live? You. Yes. Awesome. Especially on a day like today, like we woke up and it was cooler and it was beautiful, beautiful sun. I know it's a little bit warmer now. Um, Beautiful place. You wake up and you're like, man, I love where I live. Don't you love where you live, Hilton Head Island? I love it. I love it. And for those of you who are here from Ohio, undoubtedly most of you, who may be on vacation from somewhere in Ohio, um, um, it's like this 365 days a year, every year. Every morning we wake up, and it's like it is this morning, right, Hilton and Allen? Yeah, y- y'all are liars, all right? I'm not the liar. You guys are the liars. So we have uh, we have come through a, a four-year season, and I got to tell you, Cindy and I have lived here for, for almost 13 years, and um, I guess for-, for eight, nine of those years, I, I was told never Mentioned the word hurricane. I was rebuked if I ever said anything about a hurricane. And sure enough, like nothing happened for four years and then all, or eight years, and then all of a sudden, these last four years, it's been nuts, right? It's been crazy. I, I, I remember um, being asked, actually, recently, they asked me, um, we've got these new rooms in the community center, which we just dedicated a little bit ago and uh, opened up in our grand opening, which is awesome. I'm so excited about that. You guys will get to see it later. And I remember them saying, there are like four conference rooms that we need to name them. And I'm like, how about Matthew, Irma, Florence, and Dorian, or as I call her, Doreen. So anyway, uh, yeah, they voted that down. I did not get my way with that one, which is a good thing. So uh, anyway, but you know, when I think about this kind of this tagline that we have, um, we talk about, we love where we live a lot. And it's easy on a day like today with weather like we've got right now, it is so easy to love where we live right now. But when we're cleaning up debris for four years in a row, when back during Matthew, we've got six foot to nine foot piles of debris in our front yard for five months, some of you when we're like redoing our homes two and three times over because these hurricanes keep coming through, it's hard for us in those moments to love where we live, isn't it? But we do it, we love where we live. It's hard for us to love where we live when our community goes through a crisis that kind of shows some cracks and little, kind of, you know, little, little things that make our community weak and we wonder what's going on. It's hard for us to love where we live when our neighbors do things to irritate us. But church, I want you to hear that we are called to love where we live, regardless of how lovable or unlovable it may be, and those people may be, and those people may be, and this community may be. We're called by Jesus to love where we live. Cynthia and I have lived in nine. Is that what we counted? Nine different places In our lives, we've been here for almost 13 years. I think I got that right, almost 13 years. And um, we have loved where we've lived, everywhere we've lived. We started out in South Florida love that a little less than the other places, but that's all right. It's a whole another story for another day. We moved to Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta. I love, we loved where we lived. We were up in the Kennesaw, Ackworth area. We loved where we lived. We loved it so much. We, we ended up uh, buying a house and we sold it and we took the money that we made on that and we built a house and, and we loved it. And you guys know Cynthia's a musician. I built her a studio in that house. I was like husband of the century. All right. I really was. And then God called us to New York City, and then I wasn't anymore. So, and God called us to New York City, and we lived there. Uh, we lived there for two years. We loved where we lived on the Upper West Side of New York City, most beautiful place you've ever seen. Sometimes it was hard when the neighbor upstairs was yelling at me because I put the stroller in the wrong spot. So, anyway, it was a little hard sometimes, but we loved where we lived. And um, then God moved us here uh, almost 13 years ago. Man, we love where we live. I love this place. I really do. I really do. Love where we live. We loved our time in Ackworth and Kennesaw. Man, that was a special time. In 1997, we moved down there, and we got a great experience. We got to be a part of a church plant right at the beginning. Actually, we were there. We showed up. We moved there four weeks into the start of North Star Church. And, man, it was a great place to be. It was a great place to live. (laughs) I talked last week as we talked about having an influence on the next generation, influencing those who are behind us because we've been influenced by people who have gone ahead of us. And I talked, about, I talked about my mom and my grandmother, and I talked about this guy named Jeff Cranston who was a part of starting this church, and I talked about a few others, Tim Elmore and a few others, and I talked about a guy named Mike, and I talked about a guy named Ike, Ike and Mike. Isn't that great? And um, little did I know when I was planning that message that I would get a text from the Mike of Ike and Mike saying that he was going to be here on the 22nd of September on vacation. And I was like, cool, man. That's awesome. I can't wait to see you. And then last week, I was like, I cannot let this go by without you coming up here and being a part of our service. And Mike is here today. And I'm going to ask Mike Lynch to come up on stage with us. This is Mike Lynch. He's the pastor of North Star Church. Why don't you give it up for Mike Lynch? Thank you. Mike, Mike has had such a huge influence on me and Cynthia. And right there, you see, that's a picture of us um, when we dedicated Sean.
1: You like the tips and Todd's hair there, and that nice—he was frosting them back then. It was a very nice look that he had working there, trying to keep up with Cynthia. It was a good look. I liked it, Todd. Dude, it's been
0: nice having you. Hey, thanks, been, thanks so much good being for here. being Thank here, you everybody. Thanks.
1: It's been a, been a wonderful.
0: Man, that's hilarious. Mike dedicated God, both Sean and Sydney a few years earlier, um, and he oversaw my ordination into ministry and Cynthia's commission and in ordination into ministry as well, um, and he and Ike oversaw that, and um, he's like my older brother in ministry. And church, I want you to hear something about Mike and North Star Church, Um We would not be here today. You wouldn't be here in this building. You wouldn't be serving at this church had it not been for this man. He influenced us in such a remarkable way. I learned what it was like because I grew up in fairly traditional church. How many of you grew up in fairly traditional church environments? wow, we got a big club now. I got jackets. Yeah, you grew up in one too, didn't you? We got jackets, don't we?
1: Yeah. And ties. Ties? I have some ties. Oh, yeah, we did have ties. That's for
0: sure. Yeah, secret handshakes and everything. So he taught us what it was like to have church truly have an impact in community. And Mike and Ike's fingerprint is here on this church because of what we learned, what Cynthia and I learned in North Star. And when God gave us the opportunity to start this church, what eventually became Hilton Head Island Community Church, when Jeff Cranston and Lowcountry wanted to start this and then they spun us out on our own, we knew that we wanted to do church in a different way, very similar to Lowcountry and very similar to North Star Church. And man... I'm just so thankful that you would take time out of your vacation. Isn't that cool um, to be here today? And, man, I just want to find out um, a little bit about North Star's community outreach because it's not just, it's just, not just something you guys do. I, I want to find a little bit about the why behind you do it, behind why we did that in the early days, why you guys do it now. Why is it important for a church to be intertwined
1: in a community. Why is that so important? That's a great question, Todd. Do y'all love Todd and Cynthia? <laughs> Just thank the Lord for them. They're special Thanks, special friends. Thanks, special Lord. friends. It's been neat keeping up all these years. You know, we began 22 years ago when the Dream of North Star started. And our community, if you're familiar with the Atlanta area, there's not a lack of churches. There's lots of churches and plenty of great, great churches in our area. But we made a decision early on. We didn't want to be a church in the community. We wanted to be a church for the community. We wanted to be a church that wasn't there, that people, yeah, we knew who, who, who we were, but we wanted to be a church that if something happened to us, they would miss us. The community, that means you got to get in the fabric of that community. And I remember early on, we, have a, oh, we all have a mutual friend named Marlon, and I remember we began our what we call our community ministry. This was the verse that we sort of set off of. Jeremiah said, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. And I remember going, I want North Star to help make our city a better place to live. I want schools to be better, businesses to be better, recreation departments to be better, people to be better, because we were here, and that meant we couldn't just stay here We had to go out there Mm, and we understood and we talk about this all the time. If God's only purpose for our lives was to save us, then the minute we got saved, he would take us home. But he left us here and he left us here for others. Mm. And we say all the time, the greatest sign of spiritual maturity in our lives, when our lives aren't for us anymore, they're for others. Mm. And so we set up our ministry to go into the community to serve them. And what y'all's little sign there says, no strings attached. We don't want anything back. We serve you because God calls to serve you. And that's the deal. That's it, man. I love that. I, I hope you
0: heard what he said, that like North Star intended to be for the community. Yep. And that's different. There's a great distinction there of just having a community outreach ministry It just as something we do. The, the, the community is why we exist. That's right. It's who we're there for. Tell us a little bit about the philosophy of, of maybe, the, not the why, but the also the how. How you guys, I mean, how we have done ministry through the years. Okay,
1: so y'all are smarter than we are. We're not very bright, all right? But here's here's what we figured out. We We figured out that, the community, every community has needs. Would y'all agree with that? Mm-hmm. Hilton Head Island, you may drive on the island and go, oh, there's no needs there. <laughs> but there's needs. Yeah. And there's needs in our community. We're in a pretty affluent community. There's lots of hidden needs. So rather than us sitting in an office on, on, on our property going, I think these are the needs We do what we call, we go get with the 365 people. They're the the mayors and the police chiefs and the principals and the school social workers and and all the different facets of our society. And we sit down with them and we go, tell me what your three greatest needs are. And then we design our ministry to go meet those needs. Mm -hmm. And so it changes yearly. This year doesn't look like last year because the needs in the community change. Our job is to figure out what those needs are. And then we just align everything we do to go meet that need. And it is, it's amazing. Needs never go away. But when they know that you're for that, when you love the things they love, Mm -hmm. they begin to love the things you love. And what you love is Jesus. Mm. And it's amazing how when you meet their deepest need, they come and find their way to you and go, okay, I'm missing something. And we've got 22 years of stories of that happening. Tell us a little bit about the stories, some of, some of the
0: tangible results that you you guys have seen as a church and realizing church that um we understand that, that the results are it's not for us but tell us about some of the maybe intended and unintended results that you guys have seen Yeah so
1: so crazy so we see our campus as not a place that we just gather on Sunday we when we gather on Sunday but we don't need it all week so we use our buildings for the community so um, last year there were 250 events of 200 people or more on our campus that had nothing to do with North Star. They were community events. We just host them. Why do we do that? Well, when we do that, people get familiar with the campus. They get used to being on the campus. And we've learned this, and I don't know if Atlanta and Hilton are a little different. People don't show up at church when life's good. Have y'all discovered that? People don't get up and go, gosh, it's beautiful sunny outside. My team went on Saturday. I think I'm gonna go to church. People show up at church when life's gone wrong. They show up at church when their life's hit a wall. We want to be the church. We want to be that church they just keep running into. Mm. And last Sunday night we baptized eighty-eight people. Um, man, that's awesome. it was awesome because it was awesome. That's it was really awesome, cool. Man. Because so many of those people, their story began not there at a North Star event. Their story began when we bumped into them at their school serving teachers or we uh, were grilling out at the end of the year school party. And that teacher last year in May, when school ended, life was good for her. But this summer life changed and she ended up walking through the doors and coming to know Christ. It's just, here's the deal. Jesus said this, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. If Jesus was called to do it. We feel like we are too. And the great thing is it's no strings attached, mm. right? It's for the kingdom. Mm. It's not for us. If they go to Northstar, Great, if they end up in another church, that's awesome. Mm. That's awesome mm. because this is what he's called us to do man
0: i can i can think of of maybe just a handful maybe a handful of churches that are doing this type of community ministry around the country and there's there's not another church that does it better than North Star and i'm thankful i'm so grateful i didn't get to call you my friend you're like my older brother you are older not much Thank you for but, not
1: calling me your dad yes right, so I, so yeah exactly you. that yeah, means yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, yes yeah
0: absolutely yeah and uh, you know we we are we're, we have two totally different college teams i'm a i'm a georgia guy he's a Georgia Tech guy, so be praying for him. I need prayers. Um, <laughs> All right, It's so, really bad. But beyond that, man, um, there's nobody that's had a greater impact um, in terms of how we do ministry as a church. Mike, thank, thank you, man. You, thank you for being here. Dude, Thanks for taking time out day. of your vacation to be here with us. Why don't you give it up for Mike Lynch, everyone. <laughs> church, that's the kind of ministry that I want to do. That's the kind of church that I dream of us. To become. And man, we do that. We do that sometimes. We do it a lot. Um, but but I think that there's more to come. You know, it's interesting. We opened up our community center uh, today, earlier. And, and uh, after we're done here today, I want to encourage you all to, to go over and take a look at, at that. But but I know I have this sense in, in kind of my heart, because it's been a long 12 weeks. It's been a long two years of negotiating with Hargrave and all that. And I have this sense that We're done. And yesterday, as we were here kind of on the last days, and we had a group of people, kind of the remnant of people who were like there at the end, and it just hit me. It hit me that this is not the finish line. This is the starting line. Church, this is where we begin. Our time is now. This is where we start. This is our launching point. Man, I can't wait to see what God does. But, you know, just like Vince Lombardi taught the Green Bay Packers each and every year when he held up a football in the first meeting of the year. And what did he say? A lot of you guys know it. He said, this is a football. Sometimes we have to understand the basic foundational principles of why we do what we do. And so today I want to talk for a few minutes about that. It drives right at our mission. We exist as a church to passionately share the message of Jesus and lead people to follow him. And both of those things are contingent. They're reliant upon how much we as God's people are serious about loving where we live, loving our community. And so today I want to answer this question. I want to ask and answer, how do we do that? How do we love where we live Well, if we are going to be true people who truly follow the model of Jesus and the message of Jesus and the way that he did it, I think there's three ways to very simply, very foundationally answer that question. How do we do this? How do we love where we live? First and foremost, we have to be a a, a community, a church community that shows compassion for our community. We've got to be a people who show compassion For our community turn to if you have your bibles you can turn to matthew chapter 9 or the verses will be up on the screen today matthew 9 matthew records this time when jesus it's really a pivotal time in his life because he's about ready to start his public ministry in fact in chapter 10 we see him gathering the 12 disciples he gives them together they come in they come near him they learn from him and then he sends them out to do ministry But it all is started in this moment. And I love kind of what I picture. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll get to heaven one day and Matthew corrects me. Jesus corrects me. But I picture Jesus kind of on the outskirts of Jerusalem, maybe on a hillside, maybe up on a mountain. And he looks down to his left or to his right and he sees his community. And if you've ever been on a plane coming in, you know, I used to live in Atlanta. I used to come in on a plane because everybody goes through Atlanta at some point in their lives, probably multiple points in their lives. And you come into Atlanta, and you can see over now Hilton. And now we have jets for the last year. It's fantastic, isn't it? So anyway, we got real jets that come in here anyway. And so we, uh, they come in, they fly in, and you, you get a glimpse, don't you? It's hard to see your community when you're down on the ground. But when you get above it, you can see it. And you see the people. You can see the cars. You can see the life. Of the community, And I kind of picture Jesus out on the, on the hills of Jerusalem. And this is how it goes, verse 35. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. And what's that next word? And what? Proclaiming. I'm going to come back to that word in a moment. The gospel of the kingdom. And healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had, what's that next word? Compassion. Compassion. He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, he looked at his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I love this picture of Jesus I love the the picture of Jesus looking over his city, looking over this great city of Jerusalem, and he has compassion. He doesn't have another list of rules that they have to obey. He doesn't have the 11th and 12th and 13th commandment that he tells them to obey. He doesn't say that he looked over the city of Jerusalem and thought, You have got to be kidding me. These people do not know how to drive in a roundabout. (laughs) Like he doesn't look over Jerusalem and say, that neighbor drives me nuts. I can't stand them. They put their trash on my lawn. They put their debris from Hurricane Matthew and Dorian and Florence and Irma on my yard. I can't stand them. He doesn't look at the religious leaders and have contempt. Which he probably could have. God's son looked over the city of Jerusalem, and he had what? Compassion. Compassion. And church, if we don't move forward showing our community passion, then we are dead in the water. What are we here for? Mike said it. What are we saved for? If God wanted to, you would just take us then. Like, we got, we got ours, Right? Like, I'm good. No, man, we're supposed to follow that model and have compassion. If we don't have a heart of compassion for the people that live around us, the people that live in the byways and the highways and on the outskirts and in the places we don't see, what are we doing it for? What did we, what did we renovate that building, that community space for? Why did we do this in 2012? Why do we serve? Why do we partner with all these amazing partners we have in our community, some of whom are here today, by the way? Man, if we don't have compassion, we're toast. How do we love our community? Well, we love them by seeing them and showing them compassion. How do we love where we live? Secondly, we serve those who are suffering And I know what you're thinking. If you just moved here, if maybe you're vacationing here, maybe you're here for the first time, and you kind of look around and you go, "Um, Todd, don't talk to me about suffering. This is Hilton Head Island. You guys don't suffer. You have golf courses, the beach. You have great restaurants and perfect weather, 365 days a year, evidently. But the thing is, is there is suffering going around us all the time. People don't realize, I know I didn't realize when I moved here that 50% of the children who are on Hilton Head Island are in some kind of subsidized food program. 50%, Nearly 50% of our children are in some kind of subsidized food program. I didn't realize that once you get beyond the gated communities, beyond the beautifully manicured resorts, that there are people in neighborhoods who didn't have debris piled up in their front yards for six months. Their houses were destroyed, and it took six months for someone to even work on them. Oh, man. But the suffering happens in your neighborhoods and in your homes, and students in your schools, and parents in your communities, and in your workplaces, and in your neighborhoods. It perhaps is happening right next door with a neighbor who just got the phone call about some kind of medical issue that they are now faced with and they're going to be suffering. Or maybe it's a wayward child or a family that's been broken up. Our community is suffering. And when Jesus looked at Jerusalem... He not only had compassion, but he talked about verse 35 says that he was proclaiming the gospel. We're going to get to that in a moment. But he talked about the fact that he was healing every disease and every affliction. In verse 36, he has compassion on them. And, 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 And look at the end of verse 36. He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. They were harassed and helpless. And he didn't have sympathy. He responded with compassion. He responded by serving those who suffered. And our job is to model that, serving those who suffer. How do we do this? How do we love where we live? The third way is we share our personal story. We share our personal story with words and actions, with words and actions. And I know some of you are like, okay, Todd, that's enough. I've had enough. I can have compassion. I can serve those who are suffering. I can do that, but please, please don't ask me to get personal. This may be the hardest part of loving where we live. We share our personal story with words and with actions. Jesus says that you and I are salt and light. Salt and light change everything. Do you realize that? Salt brings out the flavor. In food, in my opinion, especially bad food. All right? If you have us over and we use salt, sorry. I'm trying not to offend you, but whatever. Like salt and light make a huge difference. In Matthew 5, 13 and 14, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Oh, man. I hope... And I pray that we here at Hilton Head Island Community Church don't end up being people who are thrown out because we've become useless for the cost of Christ. May we never get to the point where we lose that ability. Verse 14 says, You're the light of the world, a city set on the hill, on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all who are in the house. And he says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And what? Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I won't sing the song, but this little light of mine comes to mind, right? We're to be salt and light. We're supposed to share our story. We're supposed to love each other. John 13, 35, I love this passage. He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's the love that we share with each other. As Christ followers, the world is watching They know that you are a church member. They know that you're an attender. They know that you're a Jesus follower. And they're watching. They're watching. And unfortunately, the church has done a poor job. And it breaks my heart when we have such strong disagreements in the church and as Christ followers because it makes Jesus look bad. Our job is to love each other. There's this great passage that Luke records in Luke chapter 9, verse 60, and it's so funny because someone is following Jesus, and they, they're, they're, they want to follow Jesus, and Jesus says, well, just come on and follow me, and he says, but, you know, I've got a father who's died. I need to go bury him, and Jesus says to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That word that we see here in Luke, and the one, it's the same word that we saw back in Matthew when Jesus uh, talked about his job was to proclaim and his disciples' job, and our job is to proclaim. That word literally is the word that we get for evangelism, which everybody, when you hear that word, it's kind of a buzzword in church, and people are either really excited or they're really upset that you used it. But even businesses use the word evangelism believe it or not. And you know what it means? It means to tell or proclaim with your mouth. You see, at some point in time, when our neighbors have a crisis or when someone is in trouble, Mike's right, they're gonna come to you. They're gonna come to me. They're gonna come to this church. And at some point in time, not just me, the pastor, Not just Justin, the student pastor, or Scott, or Cynthia, or our our staff. Not just us, but all of us who call ourselves Christ followers can with our mouths proclaim what he's done. And we get overwhelmed with that, and it scares us. But you know what they want to hear? All they want to hear is how Jesus has changed our life. They want to hear your story. We make it so complicated, don't we? We think we have to have all the answers in a seminary degree. We think that we have to understand everything about apologetics. They want to hear your story about how Jesus has changed you. That's what they will connect with. And so we have a responsibility to at some point in time through our lives, our love, or our actions to share that message. And by the way, if you want to find out more about how to do that in simple ways, on Wednesday night for the next two weeks, we're in a four-part series on Wednesday night that I've been teaching. Um, It's called Just Walk Across the Room. Roots is amazing. We take Roots on Wednesday night. We go a little bit deeper, 6.30, be here. We're talking about easy ways to share our story. With those who are lost at some point in time, we have to have enough compassion to say, I want you to be in heaven with me one day when you die. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And we just opened up our community center. I'm hoping that you get an opportunity to go visit it today. Go walk through it. We're going to do some amazing things. But I think the question that we ought to ask is, how does the community center help, help us accomplish our mission, to passionately share the message of Jesus and lead people to follow him? Well, I want to tell you just a, a short story, and I promise I'll keep it short. There are so many God stories about this facility and, and this property and that sort of thing. But I want to tell you just one story. After we had um, uh, leased this building and this land, for a number of years, from Hargrave, the telephone company that, that is, used to own all of this property. Um, a- after that, we, we bought it from them and we exercised our lease option to purchase, and we did that. Um, I went over and asked my friend, a guy named Andrew Ryan, who's the C- CFO, great man of God over there at, at uh, Hargrave. Went over and I said, Hey, that building that you guys have with the green roof, like right in front of us, that's right on 278. If you guys ever are interested in selling that, man, we, we would love to find out how we could lease or purchase it. And um, he, man, just like looked at me and he said, it'll never happen. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Andrew, for the hope you just gave me. All right, very good, very good. And, um, you know, I, I probably mentioned it a time or two, but I came back to him after about a year. And I said, look, I know you said no before, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing one more time. Is there any way... That you guys might be willing to just lease us. You know, we'll take a corner. Like, you know, I thought if I could get my foot in the door, man, they, they, you know, they won't be able to, like, deny us. Like, we're a good organization, so on and so forth. So anyway, he looked at me, and he said, you're talking about the green one right out front? I go, yeah. I, I, I said, I know it's a long shot. I know you've already told me no, and I promise I won't ask you again. I won't bug you about this again. Um, and he looked at me, and he said, you're not going to believe this. But last night, the board voted to give us permission to begin to sell parts of this campus. Now, if that's not a God thing, I don't know what is. And we as a leadership team got together, and it's changed a thousand times since then, but I'm so excited to announce that today we opened our community center. And man, it's so exciting because it's a lot of people have said, "Oh, we're going to be moving over there from here." No, it's an acquisition. That's what it would be called in the business world. It's an acquisition. Um, and we listen. We have come a long way. We listen. I, I want you to capture this. We, um, like we we went to a bank to get a loan to be able to acquire the land and building. And we've got a gap to cover over the next 10 months, and that's not what today is about, but I, but I do want to encourage you to give. All In has done amazing things, and everything that you see over there inside has been done with cash, which is a huge blessing, huge blessing. And over the next 10 months, you guys are going to be hearing about how we're going to tackle being able to pay that down significantly. But we had Chris Shively, who's here today, and he's going to get really mad that I'm going to point him out, but I am, <laughs> Um, he volunteered to be our contractor over there, has not asked or taken a dime, just retired from the Charlotte area as our contractor. And Chris, you're here, and I am so thankful for you, man. He's lived over there. A guy by the name of Ed Callahan is here, and he's gonna be mad at me. I'm gonna have a lot of people mad at me today. That's okay, I'm used to it. So anyway, Ed's right here. Ed helped us with our air conditioning. Amazing. If you live in the low country, you know how important it is to have an air conditioner that works. And, and we didn't understand it, and Ed does. And I'm so thankful for Ed and for Chris and Mike Newbold. I don't think Mike's here, but Mike led our generosity initiative called All In. He negotiated with, uh, he negotiated with Hargrave. He negotiated with um, uh, our, our bank uh, to get the loan, and he's raising money. And I'm so thankful for Mike Newbold. Those three people did an amazing job, and I'm so incredibly thankful for Mike. But here's a really cool story. Chris Shively told us recently, we said, how, how m- much do you estimate has been donated for us to be able to open that community center up? And so he put pencil to paper and figured out that there's been $68,000 that you all have donated, not in money, but in time and effort that has saved us, penny, dollar for dollar, because you have taken six different work days, and you guys have put your blood, blood, sweat, sometimes blood, no kidding, sweat and tears into that building. And I want all of you who were a part of that over these last 12 weeks to just raise your hand if you would. I know a lot of you are in here who helped out in the building project. Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. That's that's $68,000, guys. That's incredible. It really is, and I'm so thankful. But how are we going to use that new building to help accomplish our mission as a church. Well, first and foremost, just real three quick things as we, we bring things to a close today. Um, we're now going to be a light, a brighter light in our community. We've been a light before, but now we're going to be a brighter light in our community. The lobby that you'll see or have seen, I, I envision that being filled with like from 9, 9 to 4, Monday through Thursday at least, um, we're going to offer you know, free Wi-Fi in there, coffee. Um, you know, If you don't like our coffee, you can go to Starbucks and then come over here. All right, so whatever. But like, I want to see that place filled with students, people. If you want to have a little meeting one-on-one with somebody, it's a great place. We've got uh, you know, coffee tables. It's going to be a place. I want the word to get out, and I want it to be buzzing. Because I want people to know that there's a place that they can come. Come in and get a cup of coffee. Come in and get Wi-Fi. Come in and feel the, the air conditioning working. So that would be good in the middle of the summer. Word will get out. We're going to have uh, BSF, FPU will, will meet in there. There's a community classroom right behind the lobby that we're going to offer to our community. It's going to be great. So we're going to be a, more of a light in our community. We're also going to be now more visible to our community. You know the little sign that we've had on the road? We got that because we leased it from Hargrave. At any point in time, they could have come and taken that away. Because we didn't own it. But now we own property on 278. And God was so faithful and gave us that sign. and Now we're more visible to our community. Man, that's a huge blessing. And if any of you have dealt with um, you know, governments and that sort of thing, you know what it's like to go through that process. We had so many people helping us. So many people helping us. I'm so thankful that now we're a more visible light in our community. And then lastly, we're going to be more available to our community. In January of 2020, we're going to start offering free classes that take place in the big space that you'll see over there, the community room. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, have to, we're in talks with our partners and in, with our community about what we can do to do what Mike just talked about and have that building be a place where our community can come as much as they want. And I'm so excited about that. Finally, people will see us. They'll know we're here. It's been, come worship with us. If you can find us over these past years, it really has. And God has been faithful. and You all have been faithful. But man, our time is now, church. Our time is now. We are truly at the starting line. We're not the finish line. The tape we just broke today out there that we cut, that's not the finish tape, man. That's the beginning of the race. And I cannot wait to see what God does. I can't wait to see what he does through you, and through me. And we've already dedicated that building, but I want you to see a little bit about what's happened in the past, over these past 12 years at Hilton Head Island Community Church. We're almost a teenager as a church. Get ready. Hold on. But God's done amazing things in the past and he's going to do amazing things in the future. Check out the screens. What? With... Pretty cool to see, absolutely. It's pretty cool to see all that God has done over these 12 years. But church, we're just getting started. I can't wait to see what he has in store for us next. So why don't you stand up. Let's pray this morning. Father God, I thank you for this great opportunity to serve this community right here, right now. And God, as we seek to love where we live, God, help us to do it in the small, mundane things of life, the small things that make a big difference. God, help us to do it like we're doing it tonight with a big party for the community, a big event for the community, just loving on our community. God, help us to serve when we want to. Help us to serve when we don't. But God, instill in us a heart, a compassion for those who are hurting, a compassion for our neighbors, a compassion for those who are far from you. And God, may you use us, may you use this community center not to promote this church, but God, may we use it for your glory and for your God, may we be good stewards and may we be honoring to you in every way that we use our time and as we use that building and as we use our opportunity in this community. God, help us to do that in a way that puts a smile on your face. And we cannot wait to see the results. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for opening up this new place. And God, we dedicate it to you. We give it to you. God, we give our time and we give our effort to you. God, may we be your instruments used for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, I pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen.